welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And this segment of the podcast we call Theology for Everyone. We are slowly working our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith, um, helping you understand the scriptures in a more systemic way. That's what we're trying to do. Um, If you've heard of um, systematic theology, this is kind of a mini systematic theology, and it's bringing us to some topics that we probably wouldn't talk about if if we weren't going through it, and today is definitely no different. We are talking about, we're in chapter 22 of lawful oaths and vows, something we don't talk a lot about uh, these days, making oaths and making vows, but we do it. Uh, we do it at, uh, in the church in several different ways, and we do it in our society in a, a few different ways. We're going to talk about those today. But before we jump into it, guys, why don't you introduce yourselves? How's it going, guys? I'm Alex. Kevin Knorr, pastoral assistant. Rob Spexer, pastor of discipleship. All right. So we are talking about of lawful oaths and vows. We've done a little bit more studying since last time, just trying to de- <laughs> decipher the difference between an oath and a vow. Um Basically, Rob, can you inform us on the differences here? Yeah, well, what I what I learned was that an oath is actually something that you're asking, you're 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 making a statement, but you're asking God to be the one who will be the judge, your judge over that statement, the truthfulness of that statement. So typically in the context where you are needing to know that what the person is saying is going to be true and you can rely upon it, and you're saying, Okay, God, you're the one who's gonna be judging me for this. So Putting some weight, putting some weight to it. Mm-hmm. So then the, then the vow is an expression actually to God. So it's, it's a promise being made directly to God. So the difference would be, one, would be uh, you're really making maybe a promise to somebody else uh, that you can tell the truth, and you're asking God to be your, be the witness versus a vow, which would be saying that you're actually making the promise to God himself. Yeah. So why would the Westminster Divines put this in the Confession of Faith? The main reason is because after the Reformation and during the Reformation, so many Catholic priests were coming into the, a Reformed understanding of the Scriptures, and they had made uh, vows of celibacy. Mm-hmm. Some of them had taken vows of poverty, and they, they had made these different types of vows that basically the Catholic Church was saying, you... God's going to hold you accountable to that. Yeah, you made it to God. Yeah. So this is pretty heavy for them, yeah. And the reformers wanted to bring some clarity to that. Now, I don't know too many vows anymore. You know, Sam, Samson had a vow. Or no, no, not Samson. Was it? Um, there was some Solomon. Nazarite vows in yeah. the Old Testament. The Nazarite. Paul made a Nazarite vow in the New Testament. That's if you right. Remember. Yeah, That's so, right. Yeah. Um, and there's different vows. People saying like, "I won't eat until this happens" or whatever. We make vows to God. Um, I think sometimes, maybe even, I don't know if we if we would consider some of the stuff we do in Lent a vow to God or not. But one of the vows that I know people make is a vow to like, like if they're part of a certain denomination, a vow not to drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. And some pastors even make make their people take that vow to to not drink alcohol. And um, so, what, the, the, what 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 would the the Westminster divines here say about that? Say about these vine or these vows? Well, that's what we're getting into. Articles five, six, and seven today. 
So let's um, learn. And now we're, we're kind of moving over. We were talking about an oath last time. Now we're talking about a vow. Kevin, you want to read that for us? You bet. A vow is of the like nature with a promissory oath and ought to be made with the like religious care and to be performed with the like faithfulness. All right. So we were right. A vow and an oath are very similar. Yes. It says here, a vow is of the like nature with a promissory oath. So a vow is very similar to an oath. And it ought to be made with the like religious care. So you should not do it flippantly. This is a, a vow is before God. Um, to break it would be to sin. And to be performed with the like faithfulness. So you, you should keep your vows. What's the text we have for that? We have Isaiah 19. And the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians, and the Egyptians will know the Lord in the days, and the worship will sacrifice and offer, and they will make a vow to the Lord and perform them. Okay. Got anything else, or we're just doing one? Yeah, Psalm 61.8 reads, So I will ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. Hmm. All right. So when you make a promise to God, when you make a vow to God, we are required to keep it, and we should. This is a religious, a religious duty that we should be faithful in keeping. Mm-hmm. Okay. Article six. You want to go on to that? I know it. It is not to be made to any creature, but to God alone, and that it may be accepted. It is to be made voluntarily, out of faith and conscience of duty, in way of thankfulness for mercy received or for the obtaining of what we want whereby we more strictly bind ourselves to necessary duties or to other things, so far and so long as they may fitly conduce thereunto. Oh, boy. Mm. There's some words for you. Goodness <laughs> gracious. I've never heard that word before, so that's an interesting That they word. may fitly conduce <laughs> thereunto. They're, they're, they, they can be conducive, basically. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. So a vow is not to be made to any creature. We're not to vow to people. Mm-hmm. We're to, a vow is to be made to God. Now, immediately I go to, well, what about wedding vows? Aren't we, aren't we vowing to someone else? And in a sense, we are making vows. We're making promises to another person, but we are saying, so help me God. Mm-hmm. So help me God. Or my, the vows that I use for, for weddings is um, I'm, I'm making this vow according to God's word. Yeah. According to God's word. Yeah. So we are... The promise is first and foremost to God. I'm promising to God to be faithful to my spouse, but then secondarily to my spouse. You can kind of see why we get a little confused with vow and and oath because when I know that when I do weddings, I remind them that you have witnesses here. You have witnesses, not only the people sitting here, but God is a witness of the vow that you are making to him, you know? So there's this same idea, so. Yep, exactly. All right, to God alone and that it may be accepted and that it may be accepted, it is to be made voluntarily out of faith and conscience of duty. So you can't force a vow. uh, You can't force your kids to make a vow to God to stop eating candy or something, right? Mm -hmm. A a vow has to be done voluntarily out of faith. So it's not just a work out of faith and conscience of duty. So I think Basically, a human, we have our we have moral agency, and you can't like the government or a pastor or anybody cannot force a person to make 
a vow that would go against their conscience mm. or that would be not of faith. So I would say right here, this is where we were, when we're talking about there's denominations. So I know church plant, I have church planter buddies who are part of certain denominations just because they'll give them money to help them plant churches. But one of the stipulations is you can't drink alcohol. If you take money from us, you can't drink alcohol. Now, according to the Westminster Confession here, that would be wrong. They should not, they should not take that vow because mm. it's not done in faith because they, they believe the Bible teaches you totally can drink alcohol, mm. you know, and it's, it's against their conscience. But church planters are so broke, they're willing to go against their conscience. <laughs> Work in a system. In order to get a, well, usually they get like 40 grand or something, and then, they, and then you have to pay a little bit of it back or do something after a couple years, yeah. and then you're done. And then they can start drinking alcohol again once, they, once they're out from under them. But pastors should not require their people to make a vow that, that goes against Scripture and against their so, conscience. So what about people that just make the vow maybe because, you know, Christianity, there's a, there's a lot of perks and different things that come with that. Like, what about those people that make a vow to God and are not following the Lord or, or Christian? Like, what do you mean? I guess, uh, say there's a, a Christian, you know, boy that this girl's into. Oh. And she's like, <laughs> ah, I'm walking with the Lord, you know, I'll make yeah. this vow, you know, uh, what about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be an improper vow. That mm-hmm. would not be a good vow, yeah. I think many of us, I think we, if you can go back into your youth and you can remember times where you asked God to give you something and you vowed, I'll do, I'll serve you the rest of my life right. or I'll do this if you give me that, you know, um, that would be, that would be a not wise use of mm. making a vow. Mm. Yeah. That would be going back in from last week, making a vow rashly, mm. probably without considering the consequences. So it should be done voluntarily, out of faith, and conscience of duty. Okay, so you're, you're aware that God requires this of you. So when we ask our members to make vows, we're showing them scripturally how the, how the, how the Bible requires them to make these vows, to, to pledge that they will be faithful and they'll help carry other people's burdens mm-hmm. and they'll be a, a living and vital member of this local church and they will pray for other members and et cetera. We're just making them aware of something that the scripture says is, is already their duty and we're calling them to make a vow to do it. Okay. In way of thankfulness for mercy received. So one of the reasons we make vows is because we're so thankful for what God's already given us. Yeah. Mercy, grace, kindness, He's restored our relationship with him. He saved us. He's forgiven us. He's given us the, everything that we've got and his providence. And so we make vows um, out of thankfulness. Or for the obtaining of what we want, whereby we more strictly bind ourselves to necessary duties. Hmm. So if we say, I want a deeper relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I'm making a vow to wake up at 6 a.m. and spend an hour with the Lord before I go off to work. That's a good vow. Mm-hmm. It's a good vow to make before the Lord. Or I'm making a vow to fast, or I'm making a vow to, you know, give this up for Lent, right? In order to become who I want to become, or to do something I want to do, or receive something I want to receive, right? Mm-hmm. So at what point does a vow become, or does a conviction become a vow? Because I think a lot of people would say, 
yeah, that's something that I should do, and they start doing it. So what is there an event in which it's, hey, God, you know, I'm making this vow unto you, or is it implicitly by doing these things we're making a vow? No, I think a vow would be explicit, mm-hmm. explicit, yeah. explicit, explicit, sorry, yeah. explicit. <clears throat> and um, so it's more, we all have good intentions, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of on a diet right now, and but it's kind of like, maybe, <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm giving How's it a, going for you, yeah, huh? I'm giving it the try, <laughs> I'm like three days in and I'm like, okay, yeah. But I haven't made a vow to God about this thing, yeah. and, it, and if it gets too hard, I'm going to quit. Yeah. You yeah. know, like 100%, I'm going to quit. Mm-hmm. A vow would be, God, I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. and and I'm going and I want you to hold me accountable, or that or an oath or whatever. I want you to hold me accountable to this, and I'm making this, and so I'm giving up. Let's say I'm giving up carbs for Lent. Yeah, I want you to hold me accountable to this mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. That that would be a vow. Yeah, right. <clears throat> As opposed to just give it the old college try. Yeah. And so I think making a vow is, we talked about it last time, it's meant to be a solemn moment where we are really thinking about something and we're weighing the pros and cons mm-hmm. and we're saying from this day, maybe, maybe it's a young man out there who's like, from this day forward, I am not going to look at pornography mm-hmm. and I'm making a vow to God to not look at pornography. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's... That would be uh, that would be a, a biblical, wise, God honoring vow to make, mm. right? Yeah. We would be hundred percent behind that. But it's diff- That's different than just tr- just trying not to look at pornography. Mm-hmm. You know, one takes you take it a little more seriously, and you're you're really thinking about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can see how the fear of God kind of fits all within this. You know, the more the better we understand the fear of God, the better these vows probably will have some teeth to them in the mm-hmm. sense of not taking lightly. Uh, the very statements that we're trying to, that we're making to God, that we're actually directing to God. And I think it's important uh, what you're, you're, what you're bringing out, because even as I was, you know, we think about we're in the season of Lent and uh, it, it's one thing to kind of go into Lent and think, yeah, I think I'll do this kind of a feel to it, but never make that serious, intentional, really prayer to God and say, God, during this time, I want to reflect on what your son did for me in my own life through this and giving this up kind mm-hmm. of a feel to it. And I think there's, um, I think I've kind of gone go into Lent a little too, uh, too lazily. <laughs> yeah. And I have too in, in years past for sure. Um, my daughter, we were talking on the way to the Ash Wednesday service and she was like, they were like, what are you guys going to give up? Are you guys going to get anything? <laughs> Come on. No, (laughs) but, but, but Nora was like, I'm going to give up candy. We're like, okay. And then, uh, on the way home, she's like, "Mm, I don't think I'm going to give anything up. (laughs) Yeah. She, she, a couple hours in, but again, yeah, but it's like that, that's a child. I mean, that's a child and you can't force your kids to do, to to give up something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that would be inappropriate to do so. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, for the one of the, you know, I, I, so I'll just go public now, now that I have to do. <laughs> Here you go. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So I gave up, um, I gave up buying bourbon and drinking bourbon mm. for, for Lent. And I usually kind of don't, I, I kind of do it like, well, this week I'll do this. Maybe next week, you know, it's kind of just random. But this year I was like, nope, I'm going, I'm mm. going to, I'm going to name it. I'm going to make, make an oath and I'm going to be serious about it. And I'm going to, I'm going to actually, do it. Yeah, so, it's good. Okay. all right. <clears throat> okay. Or it says, so, 
whereby we more strictly bind ourselves to necessary duties or to other things so far and so long as they may fitly conduce therein. So as long as they're conducive to spiritual growth or, mm-hmm. or, yeah. or to scripture, yeah. Yeah. that we don't want to make any vows that are not conducive to scripture. And that's exactly where we go in article seven. You want to read article seven? You bet. No man may vow to do anything forbidden in the word of God or what would hinder any duty therein commanded or which is not in his own power and for the performance whereof he hath no promise of ability from God in which respects popish monastical vows of perpetual single life professed poverty and regular obedience are so far from being degrees of higher perfection that there are superstitious and sinful snares in which no Christian may entangle himself. Boom. Real gentle there, huh? Now yeah. we know, hey, I like it, right? <laughs> hard, words cre- hard words create soft hearts. <laughs> soft words create hard hearts. They're wanting everyone to know exactly what what's in their crosshairs mm-hmm. with, this, with this chapter. Yep. The Catholic Church is famous for ensnaring people's conscience mm-hmm. to superstitious duties. Mm-hmm. Whether it's praying to the saints, whether it's lighting candles, whether it's rubbing whatever those things, those monastic beads, mm-hmm. praying to Mary, um, making vows of perpetual chastity or virginity or whatever, uh, monastical vows of perpetual single life, perpe- professed poverty, all of these things are not... Uh, they should not be placed on on every single person. Now, can a person feel convicted by the Holy Spirit and desire to be have be single for their whole life? Absolutely, yeah. Jesus did, <laughs> right? So that, that's totally fine. Can you take a vow of poverty? Sure, you you can. If you if you want to take a p- vow of poverty and you want to give everything that you make to the church or whatever, yes, you can you can do that. That's totally up to you. But it should not be forced upon you mm-hmm. from anyone outside of you and can you take a vow to not drink alcohol mm. sure yeah. you can but we have to get we have to be really careful because this is what legalists do is they try to take good things that God's given us and and they put fences up around them unnecessarily mm-hmm. and say because alcohol can be misused they say therefore alcohol is bad stay away from it when Scripture clearly does not teach that alcohol is bad, right? right? But drunkenness is. You think a lot of religions do that because maybe it's the, the head person that struggles with those things that they try to bring down to the congregations like Catholic churches and stuff like that? I mean, there's many different reasons why they do those things. Sometimes it's just practicality. They're looking at, like, if, if the people are struggling with alcoholism and they're, you know, it's very, it's very normal to want to condemn it, Right. And it's easier just to say, get away from it, it's bad, mm-hmm. than it is to say what the scripture says, that that alcohol and wine ha- has been given by the Lord to gladden the heart of man, yet drunkenness is sin, and mm-hmm. drunkenness must must be avoided. It's a lot easier just to try to draw a line in the sand, you know, and just for completely uh, forb- forbid it. Well, totally. you, you think about it just and generally, what is it that we want to do? We want to be, we want to self-justify ourselves. So we want to be, have the ability to say, oh, I, I attain to the righteousness of God by the things that I've done. It comes out of pride. Mm. And so, you know, you begin to think about all the different, uh, different religions and cults. And so, you know, I think of uh, Latter-day Saints, 
don't drink coffee. I mean, <laughs> you know, this is one that is that you know it's kind of a standard of of whether or not you're right or wrong with God, kind of a feel to it in terms of righteousness. So I think we're just generally we're generally we lean towards self righteousness. We mm. generally lean wanting to make ourselves right before God rather than humbly coming before God with uh, sinners and mm. saying, well, "I cannot, I cannot do this, but what I cannot do, do Christ did for me." And, yeah, and and. As we lean towards legalism, it's every religion. It's almost like they just they they just they want to make people miserable. <laughs> you know, like look at Islam. Islam is full of, you know, do's and do nots, and you know, from from keeping your head covered to not showing your face in some to all, I mean. They ban all kind of things that are enjoyable, that good things that God gave us in creation that they that they ban. And same thing with, like you were saying, the cults and different people, just another way for man to get inside of religion and to make it less enjoyable, mm. less beautiful, yeah. you know, less like God. Mm. It's like God gives us so many good things to enjoy and we want to get in there and, and say, no, not that, no, not that, mm-hmm. you know. Because a lot of times we, um, we go we go too far mm. in the use of it. Yeah, it comes from the father of lies. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So what's he want to do? He wants to steal, kill, and destroy the very good things that God has given to us. You know. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that's our our enemy. So we cannot make any vow to do anything forbidden in the Word of God. Right. So we don't vow to to go against Scripture or what would hinder any duty there commanded. Um, now that's interesting. Uh, we don't make vows that would hinder any duty therein commanded. Hmm. So I wonder how this would play out with, you know, we, we make different, you know, are we making a, okay, we're commanded to, to worship God on Sundays. We're commanded to set aside the Sabbath and keep it holy, right? Mm. I'm just trying to, I'm wrestling with like our commitments with like kids sports mm. and our commitments with maybe even schedules and, and work and work and these different things. Are though, like where are those at on the realm of oaths and vows or, you know, because we're making a commitment to that job and that job there might then prohibit us from our duty, which is worshiping God on Sunday. Okay, well, I mean, if you, want, if you want to get down to the, the, the fine uh, <laughs> definitions here, you're never making a vow to God to do that. So I'm not making a vow to God that I'm going to work on Sundays. But I am making a promise probably to my employer that I will work when you schedule me to work, whether, you know, probably I might ask him, don't schedule me on Sunday. But if he schedules me on Sunday, then then I guess I'm, I need to fulfill that that promise now, is that an oath? That's the question I put. You know, out there. is that an oath where God is, you know, still kind of our judge on that? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would want to go that far or not. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't think so. But okay, uh, yeah. We also can't make a <laughs> vow for which, on which anything is not in His power, and for the performance whereof He has no promise of ability from God. What text do we have for that? Hmm. We have Mark six twenty six, and the king was exceedingly sorry. But because of his oath and his guest, he did not want to break his word. Hmm. 
Yeah, there's a couple different times where people get tricked into doing things, but they keep their word in Scripture. They they make a vow and they. Oh, that's the death of John the Baptist. Yep. There, that's what they're referring to. Yeah, mm-hmm. he had he had wow, but that was a that was a. F- Foolish. Made a hasty. Well, yeah. yeah. Whatever Although you he did, yeah. Whatever you want. Whatever wasn't you it? want. I'll give <laughs> you whatever you want up to us. Whatever part uh, of my kingdom. Yeah, that was. And just... then she wants the head of John the Baptist. Mother-in-law wants that. Her mom wants the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Man. And he gives it to her. Yeah. So, mm. uh, that was a sin. Mm-hmm. He he could have totally vo- he could have totally um, denied that vow that he had made, mm-hmm. but he didn't. In which respects, popish monastical vows of perpetual single life, professed poverty, and regular obedience are so far from being degrees of higher perfection that they are superstitious and sinful snares in which no Christian may entangle himself. Mm. What text do we have for that? Yeah, uh, Three of them here. 1 Corinthians 7, 2, 9, and 23. So 7, 2 says, But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman her own husband. Verse 9, But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than burn with passion. And then finally, verse 23, You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. Okay. So don't be a bondservant or slave. Don't become a slave of men. So, so that's on oaths and vows. Kind of a unique... Um, I think again, we don't we don't make too many today in today's day and age, unless you get called to to witness in a courtroom or or on your wedding day or even in our um, membership process. And mm. but the overall says basically that we should be serious when we do that. We should be reverent when we we do that. We should take it serious, and we should keep our word when it's done. And we shouldn't take make make vows flippantly or for things that we can't control mm-hmm. or anything that's sinful. Yeah, it seems, and it seems like even the, the, the general application to all this is that we should be people who can speak truth or be very careful in the, in the things that we tell people we're going to do, whether or not we're going to do it or not, and just be true to our word. That's yeah. what I think what God's really calling us to because he's a God of truth. He's always true to his word. We should be people who are true to our word. All right. There you go, on oaths and vows. Hopefully this was helpful to you. Um, if you've got any questions, you could email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless.